All right, welcome in everyone to a special weekend edition of the Outsider Sports Football Podcast. As we continue our division deep dive series, we're going to try and get through all eight NFL divisions part of the start of the NFL regular season, which, guys, is just about a month away. Ben Mandel, Corey Jason, and Dylan Mel here with me. I'm Ryan Balliot, and we're going to jump right into it. NFC South. First, a few reminders. If you're watching this on YouTube, remember, our opinions are just that. They're opinions. You don't have to agree with it. Go down in the comments section. Leave yours on how you think these teams are going to fare in the 2023 season. Make sure you like, subscribe on YouTube and Spotify if you're a fan of the show. And follow us on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at Outsider Sports 3. So you get the latest notifications for when we're putting content out. But guys, like I said, NFC South today, it was one of the divisions of football last year. Uh, Tampa won this division at an eight and nine record, which that would have got you last place in the NFC East last year, but it got him first place here in the NFC South gone is Tom Brady. Finally in his Baker Mayfield. And I mean, the biggest question I have with Tampa is are the remnants of a championship team enough for them to contend in this division this year. They still have guys on defense like Devin White, Anton Winfield, Levante David. I like that Kalijah Cansey pick in the first round this year. On offense, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, still as dependable of a wide receiver duo as you're going to find in the NFL. But is it enough with all the other teams making some big moves this offseason? No, Ryan, it it simply isn't. And the biggest thing is who's under center, right? And whether you believe in Baker Mayfield or not, I think at this point it's safe to not believe in him. I mean, do you really think Baker Mayfield is able to just plug in and get this team over the top? We saw the biggest issue with this team last year wasn't Tom Brady. It wasn't the players on the field. It's Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles is not an NFL head coach. He proved it with the Jets. They only got worse under him. And you saw the immediate dip that Tampa Bay took with Todd Bowles as their head coach and not their defensive coordinator. Even their defense didn't look as good as it's supposed to be. When you're a defensive head coach, you have to have that locked in. Todd Bowles just does not get it done for me. Yeah, Ben, I'm going to agree with you on that. Todd Bowles, not really a head coach material guy. We saw that with the Jets. He's one of those guys where he's a great coordinator. He's a fantastic defensive coordinator. Saw that in Arizona, proved it again under Arians with the Bucks. He's uh he he needs to go back to that role because he just can't not that he can't control a team, but some guys are head coaches, some guys are not. And there's no shame in admitting that you're not a head coach. But they're not gonna win under bowls. But also we don't even know if Baker Mayfield is a quarterback, right? Kyle Trask season. He's they they uh, they put out the uh the depth chart, right? And it was Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask and you never see or on an official depth chart so it's one of those things where like they don't even know and that's not one of the things you really kind of hide and try to play mind games with your opponents because I mean it's your quarterback you don't put or out there if it was something that other teams did or if they went about it like every other team that tries to hide the quarterback battle that's one thing but to do it in such a different way I don't want to say it's dysfunction in Tampa but it's definitely interesting I see that being a motivator for a guy like Baker, though. That is is, 100% something that would motivate him. Chip on the shoulder, for sure. It definitely is, but whether you have a chip on your shoulder or not doesn't mean you're actually going to be successful and play well. You got a guy like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you know, two really, really good receivers. 
Mike Evans is still going to get his thousand yard receiving if he stays healthy. He's done it at worst quarterbacks. He'll do it again. But outside of him, Godwin, he came back last year off that ACL injury, never got to that peak he had though before. And I'm not sure he's going to have the target share that he's going to need to get back to that level. I think the Bucs are going to struggle. Their defense, you know, has kind of fallen off the last two years from that Super Bowl run. It's just going to be tough down in the Bay, and I just don't know if they have everything they need to compete with some of these younger teams. Yeah, I agree with the sentiment that you guys both have. I think that the Buccaneers have a decent roster on paper, but they're super weak at the two most important spots. Head coach and quarterback. I don't care if it's Baker. I don't care if it's Trask. I think, honestly, this team should be in a position midway throughout the season where they're tanking. Caleb Williams and Drake May are two very good quarterback prospects. You have enough pieces that this can be a quick rebuild if you jump on the opportunity this year. If you just sit around and middle around, you're not going to be happy with where you're at because you're not going to get a top-tier quarterback. I don't think Kyle Trask is the truth. You know, Maybe this is a team that sellers at the deadline. You're not going to tell me there's a contending team out there that wants Shaq Barrett. You're not going to tell me there's a contending team out there that won't pay for Mike Evans. Those are huge difference makers on Super Bowl-level teams that I think can be shipped out of Tampa for some draft prospects, and this could be a very quick turnaround. Or if they try and make it work with Baker for six or seven games and Trask and really commit to winning each and every week and pull out a six, seven-win season, I mean, that's their ceiling to me, guys. I just This division's not good to begin with, but to me, this team might be the worst of them all. Yeah, I didn't mention at the top, but their kind of projected win total over-under sits at the lowest in this division, only six and a half. And I like Baker Mayfield. I've liked him since he came out. But, I mean, yeah, he's not the long-term answer. I did like – he had one of my favorite little kind of storylines of last season. Gets waived by the Panthers, claimed by the Rams – and two days later, he's starting for them on Thursday night and leads a comeback drive to win that game over the Raiders uh, for Los Angeles. So maybe a full offseason, he could look a little better. But yeah, I'm, I agree with the sentiment. Mayfield, not long-term answer. I, I don't buy Kyle Trask and Todd Bowles as much as I like him. I agree. Not a great head coach. So we'll see what kind of season Tampa Bay has. All three of the other teams in this division finished with a 7-10 and 10 record. So it it was hard to watch, but at the end of it, all four teams, I mean, this might be the most competitive division in the NFL because, I mean, it really is anyone's game. We're going to talk about Carolina next. Uh, 7-10 last year, like I said, their win total over under 7.5, and, and they, they embraced the rebuild. They fired Matt Rule during the season last year, hired Frank Reich this offseason, all-star coaching staff surrounding him. They have a young defense with some playmakers, Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin, J.C. Horn, and some savvy off, uh, off-season off offensive additions like Adam Thielen, Miles Sanders, Hayden Hurst, to go along with number one overall pick Bryce Young, who they traded up to get. Carolina is a team back in May I wrote about. I'm super excited for them in my Making the Case article. You can check that out on the Outsider Sports website. Last year, I talked about Philly in that spot. Oh, they could be one of the best teams in the NFC. They ended up being the best team in the NFC. I'm not saying Carolina is going to be at that point, but I definitely expect uh, a big season for the Panthers. What do you guys think of Carolina this year? Well, when you look at the Panthers and really the NFC South as a whole, it's very, very reminiscent of the AFC South 
right? Like, you know, you, you had the Colts who just felt like they always won the division because there wasn't anyone else good enough. That's been Tampa the past few years. Well, who's going to be this year's Jacksonville? And I think Carolina has the best chance. There are some similarities. Now, Trevor Lawrence, you could say, oh, everyone was like, throw out the first year. Well, it was still important experience. So I don't necessarily expect Bryce Young to have that kind of jump to where Trevor Lawrence was in the second half of last year. But I definitely can see this being a team that struggles out of the gate, is still kind of getting used to some things. But then all of a sudden, it starts to click and they roll. Who was Doug Peterson's offensive coordinator when he won the Super Bowl? Right. So you you have some similarities. You have some similar coaches in those situations. Great coaching staff, lots of talent. They spent some money. They got some good pieces in here. I think it's time for Carolina to get going. And while maybe we didn't predict Jacksonville to win that division last year or, you know, you know, even make the playoffs. They still, you know, they went out there and they did it. And I think Carolina is getting a little bit more hype this year than Jacksonville last year. But I think they're the closest team to what Jacksonville was last year. That's an interesting way to put it, Ben, that they're the closest thing to Jacksonville. And I don't think you're too far off. I just think that there's stiffer competition in the NFC South than Jacksonville faced in the AFC South last year. I think the Panthers are going to be good. They're going to get back there in the future. I just don't think it's this year. I think there's going to be some growing pains. New offense, rookie quarterback. I don't care if he's the number one overall pick. It's going to take him a minute to get adjusted. All the things coming out of camp are good. But I just think once he gets into game speed, it's going to it's going to take him a minute to get adjusted. We're going to see probably a slow start to the season, followed by, you know, better games as we go along. And that's pretty typical for a lot of guys. I think the Panthers compete. I just don't know if they are at that level where they can pull off the close wins. They might be on the receiving end of a couple bad losses where you think and look back, they should have won it. But I, I think they're going to struggle. Maybe uh, they go just under their over-under win total. But I think that they're not the worst team in the division. But I just I think they're a year away from being really competitive for the wild card. Yeah, personally, I think Carolina had about as good as an offseason as they could have had, right? They get their guy with the first overall pick in Bryce Young. I think he's going to be uh, one of those really good prospects right away. Alabama quarterbacks tend to not be the best quarterback in the draft class always, but be good right out the gate. We saw it with Mac Jones. He was a pro bowler his rookie year. We saw Tua do pretty good out the gate now. Obviously, he's gotten better, and I expect Bryce Young with his high IQ to be good as well. And they did them a lot of favors. Miles Sanders, they brought him in at running back. You know, as an Eagles fan, I don't think he's the best runner in the world, but he's a guy who can take a heavy workload. Adam Thielen, he's a good possession-wide receiver. Hayden Hurst was a safety blanket for Joe Burrow last year. DJ Chark, a speedster. They really re-evaluated this offense and got a lot of new pieces in for Bryce Young. And Frank Reich, I, you know, was his time in Indianapolis successful? No. But his quarterbacks, I could argue that Bryce Young's better than whatever he had in Indianapolis. Phillip Rivers at the end, Matt Ryan at the end, Carson Wentz at the end, lo and behold. Not trying to pile on Ryan, just, you know, making a case for Frank Wright here. And and when you look at the offensive line in Carolina, too, 16th ranked per PFF, so middle of the road. But when you look at this division's defensive lines, Tampa, Atlanta, and New Orleans, they're all ranked 25th or below. 
So that offensive line, despite their 16th ranking in division games, should be able to get Bryce Young some time and help him develop well. As well, Ryan, you mentioned it. Brian Burns, an absolute beast. J.C. Horn is quickly becoming one of my favorite corners to watch in the league. I'm excited for this Carolina Panthers season. I think it'll be exciting to watch. Uh, over to New Orleans next. Again, they finished seven and ten. They have the highest over/under uh, projected win total, nine and a half. And my only question is, can Derek Carr accomplish here what he couldn't with the Raiders? He's already going to have the best defense he's had. But I've never been a huge Derek Carr believer. I'm not a big Dennis Allen believer. So New Orleans is kind of in a weird spot for me. I'm excited about Chris Olave, especially for fantasy. He's going to be one of my keepers this year. So I hope they do good enough that he has a really great season. They have a cluttered backfield. The Alvin Kamara situation, we'll start there uh, from a, uh, Las Vegas incident back in 2022. He gets a three-game suspension. They signed Jamal Williams in the offseason who had a bajillion touchdowns last year, all at like one yard from the goal line. They draft Kendra Miller with a day two pick, and they had Kareem Hunt in for a visit. Then he got a call from Indy for more money, so he left without working out for the Saints. Then he ended up visiting the Colts and not signing there either. So something is going on with Kareem Hunt that uh, the general public, I don't think, knows about. Maybe it's injury or something, but they get Kamara back. And, I mean, this offense will be fun to watch, but is this team enough to lay claim to a wide-open division? I'm going to bring this back to something Dylan said earlier, and it was about – uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that was them being weak at the two most important positions, the quarterback and head coach. When you look at the New Orleans Saints, what's different from the team a few years ago that was going on a run and being in the playoffs and really making a run for the NFC every year? It's the quarterback and head coach. Yeah, they have some few a few different weapons here that have kind of replaced old ones, a uh, few pieces that have changed. But really, the, the roster isn't that much different. The The biggest thing is Drew Brees is no longer under center. Sean Payton's no longer the head coach. I think Drew Brees was losing it. His last year and a half, he just didn't have the arm strength. So I actually think bringing in Derek Carr is going to help this team. I think it's going to get them closer to where they were with Drew Brees than they have been without him. I like him better than any of the options they rolled out there last year. I think that... You know, you look at Derek Carr, this is a guy who I really like, and he's put together a lot of really good seasons. Ryan, I know you said you're not a fan of him, but, I mean, Derek Carr put up some great years in, in Oakland and Vegas, whatever you want to say. This is a guy who can play. He can definitely run an offense. And with young, exciting weapons like Chris Alave, you know, you get Kamara back. What is Kamara going to do? You see what Kamara has done you know, even without a quarterback under center. So when you you plug in a guy like Derek Carr, who's at least a threat to move the ball down the field, it's going to open things back up for Kamara as well. Once he's no longer suspended, I definitely think he bounces back and has a better year as well. Yeah, I think for the Saints, and kind of like you were getting at, Ben, it really depends on how you feel about Derek Carr. If you don't think Derek Carr is all that great at quarterback, and if you feel the Saints are, you know, at a you know deficit in that position – then you're probably not that high on them. But if you think Derek Carr is, you know, closer to that one season where he almost won MVP before breaking his leg, and if he's somebody who could really, you know, be a little bit more than a game manager, you could end up being pretty high on the Saints. And the Saints, 
really any team in this division could take could take it, right? It's a good division. They're all a lot closer together than I think everybody wants to admit. But if you think Derek Carr is going to be good, which I which I think he will, I think Derek Carr is a very good quarterback, and I think he's going to have a bigger chip on his shoulder than anybody in the whole league because of how things shook out in Vegas, how the Raiders gave up on him, and he wasn't even the, the issue, and he wasn't playing poorly. It was a whole bunch of other stuff going on, and he just kind of you know got the short end of the stick. So he's going to really want to show out, show what they were uh, missing out. And I think, you know, Michael Thomas, what is he? He's back and might actually catch passes passes this season, right? So let's see what he does, you know, alongside Olave. Michael uh, Thomas doesn't have to be the number one guy. They brought back Jimmy Graham. Nostalgia is a pretty fun thing, right? You know, it's not just a one-day retirement. He's going to be there and he's going to be involved a little bit. So that's going to be fun to see. I saw uh, Jimmy Graham on the Pat McAfee show earlier in the week. And he was talking about how he's in the best shape of his life. And, you know, everybody says that when they go on a show, especially as they get older, you know, I'm in the best shape of my life. But, you know, he looked it too. And I think mentally he's in a different space than he was when he left New Orleans. So they have him. They brought in Jamal Williams. You know, you guys see that interview where he's talking about beignets and just kept calling them funnel cakes and just said those are the, kept saying they're the same thing. You know, the one way to endear yourself to the New Orleans fan base is to make fun of beignets. But he's a good player. I think Kamara, the three games is whatever, right? So the Saints, they should be good. And, you know, Dennis Allen's whatever. I do think that they have an issue at head coach. But if Derek Carr could, you know, take care of this team, put him on his shoulders a bit, the Saints could be a pretty interesting team to watch. Yeah, I want to start with Dennis Allen. I feel like he's kind of gotten off uh, a little scot-free here. I I think he might be the worst coach in football now that Matt Hackett is not the coach of the Broncos anymore. I I watched the play calling for this guy last season as somebody who had Alvin Kamara in fantasy, and it was just shambles over and over and over again. And I also had Chris Olave, and it was shambles over and over and over again. This was a poorly run offense and Ben you mentioned it they once had Sean Payton and they've gone the complete opposite direction here they've fallen off a cliff when it comes to head coach and the Camara suspension at the beginning of the season you know in a such a tight division if it costs you a game or two to not have that weapon out there could cost you a playoff spot with how close this is going to be and now, Dylan, I want to I want to be fair to Allen though here because while yeah the offense was atrocious last year, he did not have any help under center. He didn't have any help whatsoever when it came to the quarterback position. So I want to see what he can do. Yeah, with we a could see it. We could see it this year. We could see it this year. And then wanna... when he's fun, he's fired this off season. We'll come up here and react to it. I want to <laughs> stick up quick for Dennis Allen too, because I mean Josh McDaniels is still employed as a head coach. So he, at worst, Dennis Allen's number thirty-one. But go ahead. All right, it was fine. You know, we could debate that another time. But Derek Carr is an improvement to this quarterback room, like everybody's alluded to me personally i view him as a middle of the road kind of guy but a middle of the road kind of guy is better than andy dalton and whatever Jameis winston was in his short stint and maybe Taysom hill if he had to play a game or two i definitely prefer Derek Carr to those guys much better arm talent i actually had somebody in one of my videos arguing with me that jimmy garoppolo is better as a quarterback than Derek Carr. <laughs> i uh didn't really respond. I want to. I want to hear the thinking behind that one. I didn't bother to waste my time talking to him. He's a winner. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess that's it. You can't but... even say availability. 
You see no, that chin no. line? <laughs> yeah, I guess he, he's better looking. But Chris Olave, that's all you have he's... to do is marry a porn star. <laughs> he's a great wide receiver. Uh, Chris Olave, not a lot of help outside of there in the receiving core. You could talk about Jawan Johnson, Jimmy Graham, all you want, but it's a weak receiving core. It's an older aging defense. Honey Badger getting another year older. Cameron Jordan could be a potential Hall of Famer, but he's up there. So the Saints, they're kind of in the middle of the road this season, and they could very well win the division. They could also very well finish third, in my opinion. So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, and I'll say this before moving on, too. I think Derek Carr is fine, definitely an upgrade over what they had. But to me, he's just not a needle mover. I mean, maybe that's unfair because his last couple years out with the Raiders, he got Mahomes and Herbert in your division. So it's tough. Well, in fairness, how often are you going to get a needle mover in a veteran quarterback? Because if if he's available, it's because the team let him walk. if, If a team is letting their franchise quarterback walk, He's not a needle mover because otherwise they would do whatever it takes to keep him. You saw what the Giants just did to keep Daniel Jones. And I wouldn't put or describe him as someone who moves the needle too much for an organization. Bold prediction, needle mover Kyler Murray could be moved this offseason. Coming off a torn ACL, we'll get to them later. But if they get a top pick and decide to go Caleb Williams, Kyler Murray could be a needle mover on the move. We also need to refer to a needle moving. You can move the needle backwards too, so. So like, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of quarterbacks are needle movers. Don't look, but they, they don't, don't have look too to go close forward. to what I'm saying. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is that Derek Carr's. I mean, we'll we'll talk about it at the end, but I, I don't have the. Same he's not pushing them over better. the top. I yeah, got he's you. not. Yeah, like I think Aaron Rodgers can't for the Jets. But regardless, Atlanta, the last team to talk about here, they're over under sitting at eight and a half, and Corey just messaged in our text channel here, and he read my mind because. Before I even mention anything about Atlanta, Corey, I want to give you the floor here to talk about your wonder kid, Kyle Pitts. Go ahead. I think the funniest part of all this is I don't even like Kyle Pitts. <laughs> oh, my God. Ryan, Ryan is always going to draft Kyle Pitts in the top five rounds for fantasy and Never. just get let no down. More. No more. Travis Kelsey, six overall this year. I'm not playing these games anymore. <laughs> but Atlanta, they do have – Taking them fifth. They do – they have offensive fireworks. All right, Kyle Pitts, we'll see if this is the breakout year or not. Drake London was a rookie receiver last year, looked pretty good. Then they go and get Bijan Robinson. And we could talk about the running back market until the cows come home, but Bijan for the next three or four years is going to be very fun to watch in Arthur Smith's run-dominant offense. Tyler Algier was a 1,000-yard rusher last year. Cordell Patterson is still there for some versatility, despite him being on the older side. And then you have a guy like Bijan, one of the best running back prospects to come up in maybe ever. The question is, again, it's it's a theme in this division almost. What do you have at head coach? What do you have at quarterback? And then for Atlanta, too, their defense was a, was a big weak point. They made some moves to try and address it, but the Atlanta Falcons, what are they going to be? I think Atlanta is – they're, they're going to be where they were last year, and the big reason for that is under center, right? Their, their quarterback isn't – there's nothing to love about it, and that's where they were last year. I don't know how many of you guys watched uh, that Netflix docuseries quarterback. I enjoyed it. But when you watch Marcus Mariota – you could just see it. He, Yeah, at the beginning of the season, the team bought into him. 
He was good enough to win some games, but he it's just it wasn't enough to get them over the top. Now, they may take a step back because they don't even have his veteran presence, but they may take I, – I don't see them taking too many steps forward with Ritter at quarterback. I don't love it. I think that if I had to decide between those three teams we've really been talking about winning the division outside of Tampa, I'd put Atlanta as the dark horse and really my third best team in this division. See, it's interesting you say that because I feel like a lot of people are saying Atlanta is the favorite to win the division almost. A lot of talk is, you know, they're going to build off last year. Bijan's going to carry them, right? I think Atlanta is kind of like in the exact opposite spot as the Saints when it comes to the two most important positions, head coach and quarterback. Because while we didn't love Ritter, I mean, while we didn't love Dennis Allen, but some of us liked Derek Carr, I don't think that Desmond Ritter is a starting quarterback in the NFL, but I think Art Smith is a very good coach. I like Smith a lot. I think he has a great offense. I think his players love him. And that's one of the key things when you're a head coach is if the players will actually play for you, right? And you played, if you have a really good head coach, does it matter what your record is? If your coach is somebody you want to play for and you want to win and play hard for? Well, I'll tell you this. If, your co- if the coach does not have the locker room and you don't have guys buying into you, you're not going to win games. I saw the difference immediately in my sophomore year in college and my junior year when we went from 0-10 to 6-4. and It's a big difference. The locker room did not change. Same group of guys in there, just different coach. So coaching is important, and I think Art Smith is one of the better ones. So what's going to hold them back is the quarterback position. You know, I don't love their defense. Jeff Okuda's down for who knows how long, right? And cornerbacks, you know, it's tough to find a good one. But they should have a pretty solid defense still, even with that loss. And then the offense, you have a lot of good players. Bijan's going to bring, you know, a lot of stuff that, you know, we haven't seen out of that offense in a while. Kyle Pitts is still there. London is another year into the league. They could be poised to take off. And it's going to be a three-team race, I think, for this division. And really any one of them could uh, can pull out. It's just a matter of who, which quarterback do you think plays better. Yeah, I completely agree with your guys' sentiment here. No need for me to go crazy in depth. But Desmond Ritter started four games at the end of the year. The Falcons went two and two. And this guy threw, I believe it was one touchdown in four games. I mean, if that doesn't tell you he's not the franchise, you know, I get it. It's a small sample size thrown in at the end of the year, but to me, that's enough. Well, you know, we saw what Patrick Mahomes was like in the games that he played. Now, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league nowadays, so maybe it's not a fair standard. But my point being, when you're good, you know it right away. Desmond Ritter, I don't think he is. And in an offense now that has a ton of weapons, Bijan Robinson, I've said it before, I'll say it again. He could very well be looked at as the best running back in football by the end of this season. I'll hold on that. Uh, Drake London had a good year. Kyle Pitts, for what it's worth, is still an athletic freak. Uh, The expectations were there. He hasn't had great quarterback play. I don't think he will this year, but potentially in the future. They added some vets on that defense, but that's what those guys are. Vets, Calais Campbell, not a needle mover for me at this point in his career. I like that they upgraded the secondary, adding Jesse Bates. They still have A.J. Terrell. So they'll be a good defense week to week, and they'll be competitive in in in-games. But my dark horse prediction for this team is they're the ones that trade for Kyler Murray. I think after this year, they say, hey, we got all the pieces. There's a quarterback on the market. Let's let's scoop them up. That's a needle mover just backwards. 
Kyler Murray is not worse than Desmond Ritter. That is not backwards. It depends. I think Corey's, uh, Corey's referencing. Yeah, Corey's referencing all of the guys who are going to be distracted by Kyler Murray. No, no, I, I think Kyler Murray is just a bad quarterback. Oh, you heard we'll it from Corey, not us. Yeah, go ahead, sound that <laughs> off in the comments. Corey's the one with these. <laughs> after saying Justin Fields isn't going to be a top ten fantasy quarterback, I mean he's the one with the quarterback hot takes here. <laughs> I'll be right too. I'm going to be right. All right. Meanwhile, he's going to put Daniel Jones in his top five. <laughs> be realistic here. Be realistic. All right. This division, I have it shaking out like this. I got Carolina winning this division with probably around 10 wins. Atlanta and New Orleans, I mean, they're going to be a couple steps behind. Improved from last year, but more in the eight to nine range. And then Tampa Bay, probably at that six number. Yeah, I'm thinking that Tampa Bay is actually going to be a six is the high end. I see them really around four or five wins. So they're going to be at the bottom of this division. I'm going to have Atlanta in third. I think it will be close between those top three teams in the division. I think they'll be between eight and 10 wins. We're going to see Atlanta in third. I'm going to go Carolina in second, but I do believe that this really is close as you can get to a tie between them and the Saints, but I'm going to give the nod to Derek Carr's experience as a veteran quarterback in this league over the rookie Bryce Young just yet. He comes out and he proves himself the first few weeks of the season. I would very quickly change that prediction. Drake May, you are a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. The Bucs are going to win two, three games this year. It's going gonna, it's gonna to suck for them, but they kind of need this to reset everything. Third place, it's going to be the Falcons. And, Ben, I'm kind of right with you, with, you know, your whole top three, Falcons, Panthers, and Saints winning it all. It's going to be close. Giving it to Carr because of his, you know, veteran. And, uh, you know, he's been there before. He's been able to win in tough divisions. I just don't think his his experience is going to be, you know, something that the other teams can match. So the Panthers are going to get close. I think it's going to be a great rookie year from from Young. It's just not going to be enough to overtake the Saints and just, leadership and experience and that's just really important right now yeah so i agree with the group uh with tampa bay being in last place i have them at four wins on the season i think that they got good enough playmakers to get up there i think baker is serviceable enough in early weeks but ultimately i think this team will decide to hop on the tank train i have the falcons in third like the rest of you guys but i don't have them near eight wins i have them at six um, I don't think this division wins a lot of games, right? And I have New Orleans in second, Carolina in first, but I have them both at nine and eight. I just have Carolina with a better division record. I don't think there's a lot of winning in this division. I think it's very similar to last year. Eight, nine wins gets it done. Um, I think it comes down to the last week of the regular season. And I think ultimately by that point, Carolina will be the better football team. Bryce Young has got a better supporting cast, a better head coach, and I'm rolling with the Panthers to win the division and get into one of those playoff spots. I like your rankings, Dylan. And it's interesting you put out that you think it'll come down to the last week of the season. Maybe the script is uh, written and pointing out to that. Yeah, I, I meant to fax it over to you guys. I already got it. <laughs> Slow mail day, I guess, for the rest of us. But all right, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. We're going to be back next week. We're going from this wonderful NFC South to the, the equally – no more Kyle Pitts. The equally uh, – <laughs> depressing yet competitive afc south i got some hot afc south takes you don't want to miss them i promise don't want to miss it. Don't, want stuff to miss, cheap. don't want to miss the colts homer saying how many uh, games we're going to win this year but cold uh, stuff cheap be back with us next week all right thank you for listening to another episode of the outsider sports football podcast